It's good to be in the house of God this morning. It's fantastic to see you. If you are visiting with us today, I know there's a few visitors here with the same surname as me. That's strange. But um, if you are visiting with us, it's great that you've taken the time to come to Port Lincoln and taken the time to come to church this morning because Jesus wants to do something in you today. So those who believe that, say something. Thank you. So you're awake. So this morning, we turn in your Bibles to Galatians 5 verse 1. Turn this on. And uh, it says this. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. And I think that our theme this year is freedom. And I really believe that uh, some of these scriptures that we have here are um, pivotal to the theme that Jesus has because sometimes we've come into this experience of God and, and somehow we miss the main part and that is the true freedom that God wants us to live in. And so if we're not careful, we carry things from our past into our new Christian life. And you don't want to do that. That's, that's bad news. But what Jesus came to bring us was the good news and that is to set us free from every obstacle, bondage and trick of the devil. And it's good morning to see Heather as well over there. Uh, is there anyone else? No, I'll, I'll catch you as I go, as I think of you. But um, basically that scripture goes on to say, I've, I've, I've left the last bit out, it says, don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Basically sl- slavery to things of your past nature. So there's two sentences there that I want us to, to pinpoint this morning. Number one is Christ has set us free. So we need to always try and bring that into every situation in our life and remind ourselves Christ has set us free. I'm going to explain this all as we go through this morning. And the next part is make sure that you stay free. God wants you to be free and stay free. Not go on on the the merry-go-round or the... the, um, uh, Is that me? Or is there something rumbling in the background here? The, the, it's like going on that, the old yo-yo experience in life where you, you're up and down all the time. You, don't, you want to flatten out your trajectory with God. But of my own experience, I recognize the truth of being born again because I've been born again and I've been set free. I've also discovered that from that decision point, the time when I asked Jesus to come in, into my life... Um, that, that freedom that I received has always been challenged by the devil. So I've received the freedom, but I've, I've realized that there's, there's always a challenge in my thinking, in, in obstacles that get in my way, in, in circumstances that come at you, and that, that's happened to me anyway. And, and the freedom that God's saying, here, this is for you, the devil always wants to bring a challenge into that. And there are certain battlefields in the spirit that can only be dealt with by the blood of Jesus. So you can't be good enough to beat some things. You can't learn enough to beat some things. You can't be, you can't be behaving yourself long enough and good enough to beat some things. Because I, I was in a trap where I used to think, well, I'm going to be so good, I'll be good enough and, and I'll beat this thing because I'll, I'll, I'll beat it by my goodness. And you know what? I found that my goodness isn't, didn't last long enough. So we need to realize that some battles can only be won by the blood of Jesus. It's what he's done. Now I'm talking about things this morning that, that 
in some circumstances just don't go away by themselves or that we're drawn back to. And, and each one of us has our own way of discovering a way back to where we came from. Um, in our reactions, in our actions, in our attitudes um, about life. Things that we don't want anymore, but, we have, but they have a hold of us. And we can dress it up in all sorts of different language, but basically they're demonic strongholds that attach themselves to us, that Jesus paid for on the cross to get rid of them thing so that we could be totally set free from every deception, every lie, every distraction that separates us from God. Jesus paid, the, paid for that. But somehow or other, we have this automatic tendency to reconnect to those things. And the problem we have in church is we don't recognize the, the, the nature and the, and the source of where those things come from. And so we justify things that we should be ashamed of. Oh, that was a bit tough. Sorry I said it like that. But it's time that we recognize spiritual, connect, uh, spiritual connections to issues that Jesus has authority over. So the whole thing I want you to hear and realize this morning, Jesus has authority over every spiritual stronghold. So when the attention is focused on the spiritual root of the problem, it gives Jesus authority over it. So when we're saying, well, now this is just me, I, I just find myself doing these things. When we start to say, Jesus, I want you to deal with this, then we can have authority as well. Because we're giving it to Jesus to deal with. So this year, as you know, our theme is free. Let's see people walking out free from every obstacle. So it might be a little bit week by week, but we have the benefit. We can listen to every message on our podcast, go back, listen to them, um, get the messages and, and, and start to take a little key from each week and, and put it together in your life. And I want you to be set free. I don't, I don't want you to be here in five years' time, sitting in the same seat, doing the same thing, being the same you. You want to be someone new, someone different, someone always changing. So... There's a, there's a woman in the Bible, and, and, and the title of my message is, is Mary's Seven Demons. It's not that, you know, not that nice for Mary to be talking about these issues, but she understands. But Mary's Seven Demons, this, this is part two, and um, I'll, I'll, I'll go through what, you know, I've, I've sort of made up what the, what the seven demons were, but I've just used that as license this morning. But Mark chapter 16, verse 9, we're introduced to this Mary, who, who I'm talking about. It says, I'll put it up there for you, hold on. After Jesus rose from the dead, early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. So what we know about this Mary, she was a follower of Jesus. Uh, she'd been set free from seven evil spirits, seven, seven oppressive spirits, seven spirits that kept her bound and, and controlled. Um, she, she was demon-possessed. And Jesus dealt with every single one of them. And the first person to see Jesus resurrected was Mary. And I think, to, you know, if, if they mention, there's no one else mentioned with that title that she had seven demons cast out. There's no one else gets that title, only her. And um, the first person to see the resurrected Jesus was Mary. Possibly one of the most messed up people who ever met Jesus. And what this tells me is don't think that you're 
potential is limited because of what the devil gave you. It's unlimited because of what Jesus took for you on the cross. And we need to realize that. So we might think, well, I've got a messed up background. My dad never, never, never loved me. My, my, my uh, school teacher hated me. Uh, I, I, I never was good in business. And we have all these issues of, of things, that excuses to say why we want to stay the way we are. But we've got to realize that our future is unlimited because of what Jesus took for you on the cross, not what the devil gave you. Just turning your Bibles with me to, to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free. So we ought to do some proclaiming every now and then. Who remembers the proclaimers? Uh, no, I won't. <laughs> Who can, who's got that song going around in their heads right now? It's going to haunt you all week. You'll need deliverance from that song. But we ought to do some proclaiming every now and then that line up with what Jesus has in mind for us, for what Jesus has in mind for your life. So there's a commercial, you've probably seen it, uh, that life is different when you've won Powerball. Who's seen that commercial? And we think, yeah, you know, there's a truckload of money coming down the road. And you think, life's going to be different now. I've won Powerball. You know, it will be different, but it may not be better. So life's different when you proclaim over yourself God's word. And that's a reality. Life is different when you proclaim over your life what God's word says in every situation. So rejection in the normal sense hurts us deeply. But Jesus says this about rejection. So I want us to start to apply a spiritual perspective to rejection. And hopefully it really does start to set you free today from, from the bondage of that for the rest of your life. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, now it doesn't actually use the word rejection, but I'm going to, um, I guess, thread that into this. It says this, Jesus speaking, he said, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute, uh, and persecute you and lie about you. We, in all of those statements, we could say basically when people reject you. So I'm using that as a little bit of license there. And it says, and they say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. It says, be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. Now, aren't we all so encouraged when, when everyone's saying you're a loser, when everyone's saying that you're stupid, when everyone's rejecting you, Jesus says, be glad. When we get rejected by people, look at this and proclaim it. So Mary's seven demons, we'll have a look at them. They could have looked like this. I'm not saying I don't have any scriptural basis for these. I've just made them up. So if you know where they're coming from. But they're good for our church this morning. The first one was pride and offence. We looked at that a few weeks ago. And I believe pride and being offended go together. They're cousins or they're sisters or something. But they, they go together. And, and if you need to listen to that, find that on our podcast. But pride and offence go together. So people who get most offended is because they're, pro, they're proud. 
because other people didn't listen to them. Other people don't recognise who they are. Other people um, don't, don't seem to, to uh, um, give them honour or all those things. So pride and offence go together. Today's one is rejection. And I believe rejection and insecurity go together. We'll do that separately. Then there's fear, there's anger and hate, there's bitterness and depression. And if none of these things relate to any of us, we have a wild card spirit, which is whatever else you want it to be. So you can insert your own. So Mary's second demon was rejection. But I believe when Jesus came into Mary's life, she came into, she came into contact with Jesus Christ as her saviour and he dealt with all these spirits in an instant. And sometimes God can do that in our lives and sometimes we've got to work on a process. But what you've got to avoid is when a demon is being worked out of your life. When a, you know, we're using that spiritual metaphor of demon, but it could be a, a negative life issue that you just can't shake by yourself. And when you get the conviction of that thing, then you need to say, Jesus, help me to get this thing out. Don't keep grabbing it by the ankle because you don't want to forgive. Or don't keep pulling it back because you don't want to give. Uh, don't keep pulling it back because, because you've been offended here or there. And sometimes Jesus wants to do the clean out, but we want, to, we want to bring them all back again. So, some symptoms of rejection. Rejection speaks into the ear of, of all of us so that we will seek security in all the wrong places. So when we, when we live with rejection, we start searching for places to find security, finding places, where, where, places people where we find affirmation, where, where people tell us the things that we want to hear because rejection causes us to feel like, well, I need to find security, I need to find safety somewhere and unfortunately we then find it in the wrong places. We find it in the wrong relationships. We find it in loyalty to the wrong things in our life. Another symptom of rejection is uh, it has the effect of making people feel inferior and less than others. Um, uh, it's just a, a thing. Well, I've, I've been rejected, therefore I must have a problem, I must have a, a weakness. Another symptom of rejection, um, it can lead to overcompensation, exaggerating to try to keep relationships. It's, it, it, you know, we might not bring those two together that often, but it's it's a out of rejection, we can overcompensate and exaggerate everything. So we, so we, you know, we, we want people to accept us, so we, we make up exaggerations about things. Rejection can bring on retreat behaviour. So it has so many different angles. So, so when you feel rejected, you, then you think, well, that's okay. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping away from this. I'm, I'm getting out of this relationship. I'm never going to see them again. I'm never going to go there again. I'm not going back. We've all felt these. I remember once feeling the sense of rejection. I, I was going to, I was a plumber, I was going to the plumbing supplies late in the Saturday afternoon. I got to the plumbing supply shop and I got to the window and I could see the guy in the counter, left the counter and went walked to the front door as I was walking through the car park. And as I'm walking to the door, he snipped it locked. I'm rejected. And my feelings went, oh, well, I'll come back on Monday. I'm thinking, I just need this stuff now so I can finish the job. And I'm like, that's it, they're wiped. Never going back there ever again. You know what they can do with their stupid shop? Their manager, he's finished, he's over. And I'll tell you what, if I could have, I would have driven my car through their front window just to prove a point. That's just a little area there. 
But in a sense, it's like they've rejected me. They've not valued me. They've not said, here's a customer. They've said, oh, we don't want any more customers today. It's too late. But rejection can bring on retreat behavior because everything inside me said, that I'm never, ever going to go to that, that supplier ever again. They're finished. Rejection can be the cause of an over-controlling personality that seeks to prevent rejection by controlling others or situations. And we've all known people like that. We've all got an auntie who's the over-controller or mother-in-law. Not me, but other people. You've got to be careful what I say because people listen to the podcast. They're from everywhere. But rejection can be the cause of an over-controlling personality. They don't even realise it, but, but what they're thinking is, I've been rejected in life and so I don't want to be rejected again, so I'll, I'll control everything. So if, if someone's going on a holiday, I'll go there too. If someone's going, you know, going to, to the tip, I'll, go, I'll come too. I'll just make sure I'll be there, don't worry. But it's an over-controlling spirit that is born by rejection. So they think, oh, I've got to be involved in everything and controlling everything and being, being in it, having a, a piece of every pie because I don't want to be out of the loop in case I miss something and I feel that sense of rejection. So rejection is something most people have experienced somewhere in life. It comes really early in life as well and can produce devastating effects on us and those around us. Some... There's common rejections. I don't think I'll even need to go through them, but there's common rejections that can affect every single one of us. Um, all sorts of things. Um, I, I won't go through them for, for sake of time this morning. But for just about anything we do, there is a relationship with people and the potential for rejection. Everywhere we go, at work, at school, at church, in a sporting group, uh, anywhere at all that you can think of, there is opportunity or, or potential for rejection. Because rejection makes us feel things that we don't want to. Like not belonging. Like isolation. Like loneliness. Like inferiority. And it can also trigger anger and resentment. Like when the guy locks the door in front of you, you feel angry. Because it's a rejection thing. But Rejection, when spoken by the devil, destroys. So we've got to decide who we're going to listen to in those moments in life because you will feel, whether it's intentional or not, you will feel times where you sense you are rejected. But the devil will use those moments and speak something into your soul, deep into your spirit, that becomes a hook of a, a spiritual thing that can drag you around and cause all kinds of erratic behaviour that you don't want to have. So rejection, when spoken by God, redirects us to better things. We need to turn our focus, instead of going around like, like, like sad sack, oh, I've been rejected, nobody loves me, I think I'm going to eat worms. We've got to, that's what the devil wants you to say and believe, but you've got to start saying, you know, it doesn't matter to me because Jesus is going to redirect me now to something better. Jesus is going to redirect me to something better more prosperous. Jesus is going to redirect me to things I could never imagine for myself. When we, start to, when we start to take a hold of every negative, every spiritual stronghold and start to allow Jesus to take that and let him speak into the situation, your future is going to be powerful. Thank you, Gabriel. 
not every demonic oppression, because we, we've, I guess we've gotten used to certain things in, in our... They're the symptoms of rejection. I've just gone through them. <clears throat> not every demonic oppression is mad and crazy. It can come across very respectable, uh, respectable, very believable, sophisticated, calculated, cool, calm and controlled. The revealing thing will be, that, will be the need to control every other person in the room with their agenda is a sign of a rejected spirit. And sometimes we have churches controlled by rejected spirits. And we need to recognize these things and say, you know, we, we don't want to operate at One Heart Church where we're trying to control everyone because we don't want anyone to, to leave us. So we're trying to, we don't want to feel that rejection. So, so we're trying to control everybody's life. We'll come to your house and check on, on your pajamas. Or we'll, we'll come to your house and see what's in your fridge. Or we'll, we'll come to your house and see what books you're reading. So sometimes they're over-controlling mechanisms that, that religious organisations might do to try and stop people from leaving, rejecting us. We don't want to do that. But a spirit of rejection has exaggerated reactions that go beyond normal levels. It's an oppression that clouds every friendship, every relationship. But the answer is to get Jesus into your life circle. He is the ultimate security. Against rejection is to know who you are in Jesus. He knows you and you need to know him. Isaiah 43, verse 1. And you need to insert your name where it, where it says Jacob and Israel. You need to put your name there. It says, but now... Put your name, Gabriel, Pauline, Kirsten, whoever else you want to put your name there. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you, Israel, the one who formed you. says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I've called you by name, and you are mine. God knows who you are, and he will never forget you. He will never reject you. See, the devil's trap is to make you feel a sense of rejection from people, from church, and ultimately from God. Rejection can come at us for the most trivial of reasons. The most smallest thing can cause a person to feel rejected. You haven't got the right clothes and we feel rejected. Haven't got the right car, feel rejected. Haven't got the right golf clubs, feel rejected. Haven't got the right haircut, feel rejected. Most trivial of things that the devil will use to speak into your life to make you feel that sense of rejection. There's a spirit of rejection that would try to attach itself that clouds every relationship with fear of rejection using past memories and past hurts rejection causes unhealthy patterns to remain and when that grips you find yourself you got to find yourself a proclamation from God and you'll find those things in the Bible there's a proclamation that you must find in God 
whenever you feel that spiritual darkness of rejection trying to settle upon you. I found one that, that is good for me. I'll share it with you this morning. Psalm 119 verses 41 to 45. So what I'm saying is the devil will speak rejection and start to say, hey, see, no one loves you. They don't want you around. What you've got to, what you've got to take is what God's speaking into those rejections. So the devil will say, hey, you, you didn't get the job. They don't like you. You need to say, well, thank you, God, that I didn't get that distraction because you've got a better, you've got a better plan for me. And we've got to speak that. We've got to make that turn around our normal way of thinking. So you might be thinking, well, there's so much uncertainty uh, uh, about my friends. They didn't invite me to the party. You just need to, to say, God, I'm not going to live with a small-minded thinking because you've got something better for me. You've got, you've got something more important for me to do today. We need to constantly be making declarations over ourselves, making a proclamation. So this is one I found, Psalm 119, verses 41 to 45. He says this, Lord, give me your unfailing love. These are things that we need to speak over ourselves. The salvation that you promised me. So rejection can't settle on me when I know I am loved by God. Rejection can't settle. It can't get a root there. And there's so many people being in church forever and they still think, well, I feel rejected. So anytime something happens, they get all upset, all, all, all angry, or they start to retreat, or they start to over-control every situation because the bottom line is they're feeling rejected because they've never understood how much and how big God's love is for them. The next, next thing we see here, verse 42. Then I can answer those who taunt me, for I trust in your word. When rejection taunts you, you have to turn to the word of God. You know, I can't overemphasize ever. You need to spend time daily with the Lord. Read your Bible because maybe there's something you read today. It may not mean all that much to you, but that you can draw back on that tomorrow and say, oh, hang on, this situation's happened, but I can find something that, that God spoke to me yesterday that's going to really help me now. And when you build on that, Day after day, you build walls of protection from every attack. You build walls of, of safety for yourself, for your life, and for others around you. So verse 43 says, Do not snatch your word of truth from me, for your regulations are my only hope. These are the times when you need to hold on to the word of God and get those words that God gives you and reject the words of rejection. Because you've got a stronger word speaking into your spirit. You've got a more powerful word speaking into your spirit. Verse 44 says, I'll keep on obeying your instructions forever and ever. I will, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. You've got to proclaim your freedom. You are free, even if you can't feel it. You've got to say, rejection has no hold on me. I am free. And I want us to go away today feeling, you know, go back and think of times where you've been rejected. Go back and start to thank God for the rejections of things you didn't get because that probably saved you from much worse things. Can we turn this, our rejections around today instead of thinking, well, look what I missed out on, saying, thank you, Jesus, I'll never know what I, what I really missed. 
So whatever way that the devil wants to baggage you down with rejection, Jesus wants to say, come on, trust me. There's no rejection ever big enough that Jesus can't say, I've got a better plan. One of my favorite scriptures is that, is that one that says there are three things that remain in eternity, faith, hope, and love. And I really love that, that word hope. And I want you to put your hope in Jesus because hope believes for good things are coming. And when we apply that to our spiritual world, hope believes that there is good things coming from God. And through eternity, hope will remain. That means that in eternity, there's always something good that we can expect from God. And that starts now. Our eternity starts now. So you might be thinking, well, here's a rejection. There, there's a knockback. Hope says, believe something good is coming from God. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I want us to be truly set free at One Heart Church from all these kind of spiritual things that, that we don't want attaching to ourselves. And we're going to pray this morning and we're going to thank God. We're going to thank Jesus for the rejections that, that we've had and live in freedom. I know it sounds bizarre. We should be saying, well, Lord, Lord's going to just bandage us up and heal us from all our rejections and, and then we're going to feel better. We're going to have a group hug. What we're going to do is we're going to start to apply a spiritual thing to our, to our rejections and we're going to say, thank you, Jesus, for the rejections in my life that didn't open so that I didn't get what I thought I should have got. Thank you for saving me from that path. And when we do that, you know what? We're taking, we're pulling the rug out of the devil's lies. We're pulling the rug out of the devil's lies. We're taking back the authority that is meant for us. We've got to release those who have struggled with rejection. I'll tell you something, if you apply this message today, it will release you completely. We've got to pray freedom where we've been manipulated by others who've operated from rejection. You need to be set free from that today because that in itself becomes a, a stronghold, a, a demonic you know, activity that, that, that controls you as well. We're going to pray freedom from the spirit of rejection in Jesus' name. And we're going to start. I want you to do this this morning and the music will make enough noise so that the person next to you can't hear you. But you need to start saying, Jesus, thank you so much for those rejections that have saved me for your purpose. Why don't we close our eyes right now this morning and let's make it personal. It may not make sense to you right now because you could be hurting from a rejection. But you're only hurting because you're letting the devil speak to that. You're letting the devil's voice speak what rejection means. You're not looking at it from God's perspective to say, I'm, I'm saving you from that path. I'm saving you from that direction. I'm saving you from that distraction. So why don't you speak to the Lord right now? Why don't we sing, giving thanks that you've been, you've been spared from that pathway. And I didn't have to do a great deal of research, but I found that nearly every significant person, every famous person, you know, I mean just in the worldly sense, Almost every case faced rejection along their, along their pathway. All along the way. 
amazing authors rejected by publishers. Walt Disney, the founder of Disneyland, was rejected by the banks, was rejected by everybody. I think he was, he was even rejected in one sense of having no creative flair and was fired from a job. One of the most creative and, and influential people in, in the, the world, even now he's dead, but amazing. Don't allow rejection to, to define who you are. In fact, we should thank God for those rejections. And hopefully you've done that this morning. You've thanked God for those rejections. We'll never know what pain we missed because we got a rejection. I just got to harp on on this. You've got to get this in your spirit. Rejection when spoken by the devil destroys. Rejection when spoken by the Holy Spirit directs us to better things. Holy Spirit, I just pray today that you'll settle on us the godly way to handle rejection. Settle on us, Lord God, the, the spiritual way to handle rejection. That when those moments come, that we will hear your voice, not the voice of the devil. I just pray right now, may this be a revelation over One Heart Church. May this be a revelation that sets us free and sets us up for the future. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.